The behavior of the Belarus regime is outrageous, illegal, and completely unacceptable. This was a clear attack on democracy and on the freedom of the press. We condemn it and call for his immediate release. We also condemn this kind of dangerous interference in civil aviation. Canada has existing sanctions in place against Belarus and will be examining further options. Well, that uh, was Justin Trudeau condemning the arrest of Roman Porasevich. He's a journalist who was on board this Ryanair flight that was heading from Greece to Lithuania. And that's when Belarusian authorities forced the airplane to land under the excuse that there was an apparent bomb threat. And there was no bomb threat. And then when the flight landed, this is an Irish airline, the journalist was taken off the plane, arrested, and then jailed in what the European Union and other world leaders are calling an act of terror. And in what sets a very, very dangerous precedent uh, when it comes to you know international journalists and the global threat that this poses to global democracies, where you've got these uh, you know authoritarian regimes silencing dissenting voices. And it's not... A one-off. This is starting to happen more and more. Why? Well, because they get away with it. Marcus Kolga is a leading Canadian expert on Russia and Central and Eastern European issues. Also a senior fellow over at the Macdonald Laurier Institute. Good to think. Uh, good to think of you. You are the person I thought of first, <laughs> Marcus, when I heard about this story. But good to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Alex. A lot of people wouldn't know who Roman Protasevich is, uh, but he is an opposition to Alexander Lukashenko. Um, he has been kind of a major source of information. Um, he's been involved in these big, massive opposition protests against this government. And these, you know, and, and, and Lukashenko doesn't like him, clearly. But this is um, this is a bold move. Yeah, in a country where almost all independent media have been jailed, or have been forced into exile. Um, Rowan Pritasevich um, provided an essential service uh, last year when um, massive pro-democracy uh, protests broke out in Belarus after Lukashenko stole yet another uh, election. He's, a, he's Belarus's mm -hmm. totalitarian president who's been in power for 27 years now. Um, he's like a, he's a, a throwback to the uh, you know stereotypical Cold War Soviet uh, leader. Um, he rules Belarus with an iron fist. And so when the protests started happening uh, uh, back back in August, um, all independent media was silenced. And Roman Predisevich, um developed this platform called Nexta, which really allowed Belarusians with their cell phones who are taking videos of repressions and human rights abuses to send them into a central place. And he published them on Nexta. And it was really the only way that Belarusians could openly and transparently communicate with each other. And that really did fuel uh, broader protests. And that's, it turns out, such a huge threat to Alexander Lukashenko's own power that he sent a fully armed MiG-29 to intercept that flight that Roman Petra, uh, um, Petra uh, was on, excuse mm -hmm. me, and uh, and he put hundreds of uh, innocent uh, passengers uh, at risk. So uh, uh, that's the sort of influence that Roman Predasevich had, and uh, and now he's been, as you said, imprisoned, and it seems tortured in in a Belarusian prison. Yeah, and that's what his family reports, and also that he has now confessed, probably under duress, um, that he was the the you know the reason for these um, demonstrations and and you know uh, the accusations that he made about Lukashenko and the rigged elections. That was all 
you know, uh, his doing. But, you know, he's got a great ally in Vladimir Putin. And, yeah. you know, when, when you get away with this once, then these kind of authoritarian guards do it again. I mean, I think the, probably the best example of that would be Jamal uh, Khashoggi, you mm -hmm. know, where uh, Saudi Arabia uh, wanted him quieted, and, and they certainly found a way to do that. But there have been, and I was surprised to read this, there have been hundreds, 608 cases where you've got these op opposition members being arrested or or killed. Um, you know, and, and so when people say, like, why should we care about this? It's like a world away. Well, it's a big deal because it's a direct threat to to our democracies. And I think that's why you're seeing European Union leaders. You've seen the American uh, president and you also saw Mr. Trudeau come out today um, promising um, punishment in the form likely of sanctions. Well, yeah, and we, we need to start doing a bit more than sanctions, you know. Further to your point, I mean, this is the export of terror. That's what these regimes are, are doing. That's what that's the business that they're in. It's um, what's being termed nowadays as transnational repression. And um, yeah, sure. I think most Canadians will look and go, oh, Belarus, you know, that's so far away. How is that? How does that impact us? Well, the fact is, is that that's that same sort of terror is being exported to the West. We have Vladimir Putin engaging in all sorts of transnational assassinations of, of mm -hmm. or attempted assass assassinations of his critics. Um, you know, I, earlier today I, in an interview, I brought up the fact that uh, just uh, over a year ago, I wrote a piece that was critical of Vladimir Putin's version of World War II history. Um, right. Two days afterwards, uh, Komsomolska Pravda, which is Russia's largest tabloid, wrote a smear piece about me. And, and two weeks after that, a radical mm. pro-Kremlin nationalist uh, sent me death threats that York Region right. Police had to investigate. And they're, they're still monitoring those threats against me. So the, the, you know, bringing it back to what happened in Belarus, the, the precedent, as you mentioned, that this could potentially set is terrifying. Um, it mm -hmm. means that you know, if we don't respond to this in a meaningful way, that sends a green light to Moscow, to Beijing, to Tehran, these ultra-repressive regimes, that if any Canadian who has been critical of those regimes, whether it be a journalist or an activist, you know, that flight, if he's on a Canadian flight that's transiting any of those territories, the same thing could happen there. This could set off right. a, a very worrying trend. And if we don't do something now and present some consequences for this behavior, we could be in real trouble. Well, well, not to mention it, it breaks every, it has to break every international airline um, rule. I mean, you can't just call in bomb threats and have planes uh, brought down to the ground if there's no actual threat. I mean, you know, and, and if they get away with it, you know, Belarus, then you could see the Chinese government saying, hey, this is a nifty little tool. we got lots of people in this country who are critical of the Chinese government. Um, you know, then you've set a precedent as to tactics that be, can be used and there won't be a punishment. And so where does this go, do you think? In the international airline, I mean, it has to have sent that into chaos because you've got a fake threat being called in and an Irish airline that complied and now a journalist thrown in jail. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And the, the European Union has acted quickly because this really the, the safety of European skies is at risk. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the going with tens of thousands of flights that that uh, fly around in Europe every day and the hundreds of flights that transit Belarus. So the European Union has taken uh, a measure to ban all Belarusian airlines from European skies. And uh, I think the vast majority of European airlines 
uh, have uh, told their uh, pilots to completely avoid Belarusian airspace. And, and quite frankly, Canada should be doing the same. I don't know how many Canadian airlines fly through Belarusian airspace, but we should be making sure that um, they're not doing that. Um, but this also pr- pr- presents a- another problem because the crackdown in Belarus is continuing. Um, this ban on flights is also uh, basically sealing off a potential escape route for any of the independent uh, media and activists who do remain if they want to get out. So it's where it's a bit of a quagmire that we've that we're in with all of this. And uh, but uh, but further to your point, yeah, this this causes a, a major problem for the international airline industry and any regulators, and it needs to be taken seriously. And I'm not sure how seriously it'll be taken, given the fact that so many of these international organizations have been taken over by you know regimes like Russia and China and, and really control them. Yeah, and, and you know, Alexei, uh, uh, what's his, uh, Navalny. I forget his name, Alexei uh, Navalny, you know, he, he has also uh, made himself a big target. He would ever, he seems to survive all these big threats by Russia, but he's another figure like this young 26-year-old, so he's uh, got a bit more experience behind him. But what do you think will happen to this young man? Do you think the international pressure will force them to release him, or do you think he's in big trouble? Uh, well, look, um, these strong words, the condemnation that has come from the West, from including our own government and, and Foreign Minister uh, Mark Arnault, um, I mean, it's all very good. It's not going to save this young man. Um, we can already see from the forced, clearly what's a forced confession in that video, his face is covered with bruises. Um, I listened to an interview with his father who said that it looks like he has some teeth missing. And apparently he was taken to a hospital with, quote unquote, uh, some sort of a heart condition. Um, this is, you know, an old Soviet tactic. Um, I'm really concerned that this young man could could die within the next, you know, few weeks, perhaps months, maybe sooner. Um, it's it's, it, it's he has very dark days ahead of him, and mm-hmm. these regimes will only continue to escalate these sorts of tactics. I'm afraid to say. Yeah. Um, when we allow them to act with impunity. There's, there are no consequences. We have not placed any costs on this sort of behavior. They can f- continue doing this freely. The fact that a, uh, a Western European airliner has been hijacked and the hundreds of people on board have been part of that hijacking, essentially being kidnapped, is, is remarkable. And, you know, it doesn't seem like we're prepared to impose any significant consequences on the regime for doing that. So until we do that, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know where this will end, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, we continue to blink. And that's why, you know, it keeps happening with these uh, these, um, you know, regimes. And uh, nonetheless, time to get tough. But we yeah. will see. Marcus, appreciate your insight into this and uh, always appreciate chatting with you. Anytime. Thanks, Alice. All righty. We'll continue following that and seeing where this one goes, but no question about it. It is a big story, and it absolutely is a threat to us.